0: The legacy media are coming out in support of Aaron O'Toole. That's how we know we have a problem. I'm Candace Malcolm, and this is The Candace Malcolm Show. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. So, we just spent a five week long election campaign, five weeks where we saw the legacy media in Canada treat the Conservatives unfairly. They always treat Conservatives unfairly, but during the election, this was amplified and they really, really ramped it up. They were writing fake news stories, vilifying Conservatives. They were misrepresenting Erin O'Toole's position at every opportunity. They were repeating and pushing liberal talking points, pushing liberal wedge issues in support of Justin Trudeau. And generally speaking, they were vilifying Conservatives at every opportunity. But now that the election is over, we're starting to see journalists have a different tune. They've basically done a complete 180. So now that Aaron O'Toole has lost the election, we are starting to see many journalists in Canada come out in favor of him, giving him words of support and urging conservatives, urging the conservative base to leave him on as their leader. Now that Aaron O'Toole has no chance of becoming prime minister, at least not anytime soon, The media are more than happy to pretend that they like conservatives or pretend that they may give conservatives a shot in the future. So long as these are conservatives, of course, who act like liberals, the journalists are more than happy to support them. So yesterday on the show, I discussed the conservative strategy in the last election. Aaron O'Toole, we all know this, he ran as a moderate. He scrapped any conservative policies, any conservative ideas, and he instead decided to shift to the center and more or less present himself to the Canadian public as a liberal. He more or less ran as a liberal. His proposition to voters was something like this: I'm just like the liberals in terms of my woke progressive values, I'm just like the liberals in terms of my big spending policies, I'm just like the liberals in terms of my commitment to keeping conservatives out of the halls of power. But, this is what Arnold Tool said, but Unlike the liberals, I'm a little bit more competent, a little bit more trustworthy. I will be a better manager of the government. I'll be a better manager of the big government, big government spending uh, brought in by the liberals. So that was the strategy. That was his proposition to voters. And as we saw on Monday night, that strategy failed. Despite Aaron O'Toole's best efforts to distance himself from conservative values and to more or less replicate the liberal policy platform, Erin O'Toole failed to win over progressive and liberal voters. He didn't make inroads in the parts of the country where he was aiming to win over. He didn't win more seats in the 905. In fact, he lost seats in the 905. He lost seats in the lower mainland of British Columbia and around Vancouver. And he was basically at a stalemate in Quebec, went in with 10 seats, came out with 10 seats. So he didn't add anything in Quebec. So not only did Aaron O'Toole fail to win over the progressive liberal voters, he also insulted longtime conservative voters and alienated his own base. That's why we have a problem. But of course, none of this matters to the legacy media. In fact, all of these things make them like Erin O'Toole even more. Just look at the reaction by members of the legacy media to the reckoning that is happening right now among conservatives. This all started right after we found out that Aaron O'Toole had lost the election. Here we have an article, an op ed in the Globe and Mail written by John Ibbotson. It says Aaron O'Toole tried to refashion the conservative movement and deserves another chance to lead. So, of course, legacy media journalists who never vote conservative, never support conservatives, always vote liberal, have liberal values and liberal ideas, they want Aaron O'Toole to stick around because they want a liberal version of the conservative party. So here is what Ibbotson writes. He says, some would argue the time has come to pivot the conservative party back to its roots to focus on law and order, tax cuts, limited regulation. Some would also argue Mr. O'Toole having gambled and lost should be replaced. Then he goes on to say that would be a mistake. The pandemic has made progressives of all of us and in any case a conservative party of Stephen Harper is ill-suited to the third decade of the 21st century. Every year there are hundreds of thousands of new immigrants. Every year the suburbs expand. Every year the small towns get smaller and family-owned farms fewer. So the point that he's basically making is that conservatives are old-fashioned. We don't need them. We don't have a place for them in the country. We're slowly sort of urbanizing the whole country so who cares about rural values who cares about smaller towns let's all just uh, jump into this idea that Canada is this left-wing cosmopolitan country I'm not surprised at all that this is what the Globe and Mail believe of course this is the downtown Toronto perspective of Canada that we should all just be a lot more like downtown Toronto If the entire country just reflected downtown Toronto we would all be better and it's a little insulting to conservatives even the idea that just because there are hundreds of thousands of new immigrants that come to Canada what that the conservatives can't properly govern in that situation the reality is a lot of newcomers that come to Canada have traditional conservative values they support families they support small businesses they want lower taxes uh, less regulation they want safe streets and sort of more of a law and order attitude they came to Canada because they like Canada so the whole left-wing progressive idea that Canada's this horrible racist country doesn't even apply to them they don't even agree with that otherwise why would they have moved to Canada for first place. So I totally reject the premise and the underlying idea here that because we have immigrants, we can't have a conservative government, as if those two things don't go hand in hand. But the the more broader point that Ibbotson is making is basically just that he likes it when conservatives act liberal, and therefore he wants to keep uh, Aaron O'Toole in, in power, even though it's probably very unlikely that this person would vote conservative either way. Next, we have Steve Marr, who is a journalist and he is now the editor over at McLean's. He writes this on Twitter. He says, Free advice to conservatives I think you were doing the right things too quickly in this election. Keep O'Toole, take your time, do your homework. Well, you know, when it comes, to free advice for the Conservatives you get what you pay for. Uh, Steve Marr is a leftist he's a Ottawa based journalist I don't think he has ever voted Conservative in his life so if Conservatives were smart they would not listen to left-wing members of the legacy media they would listen to their own base but here uh, is another article in Maclean's where Marr expanded on the same idea he writes that Canada has shifted to the left elections allow us to get a better read on what the public wants and the results and where the parties move point to a clear trend And this piece is just completely wrong. The whole idea that he says is that you can tell that Canada is more left-wing because even the Conservatives were making left-wing positions throughout the campaign. The examples he used of left-wing positions aren't really even true left-wing positions. The idea that um, everyone agrees that First Nations should have access to clean drinking water, that's not a left-wing idea. That's a universal idea and Conservatives obviously believe in equal treatment and equal opportunity for all Canadians. So it's, it's disingenuous uh, as well. But, but his point is that because the Conservatives moved to the left, that must mean that the country is more left-wing. But the reality is that the Conservatives moved to the left and it didn't work. They didn't win because it alienated their own base who weren't as excited to go out and vote. And it didn't win over any new voters because why would you vote for a conservative party pretending to be liberals when you can just vote for the real thing, when you can just vote for the real liberals? So, again, a really bad take uh, by McLean's and by Steve Marr urging conservatives to remain on the left and to keep being liberals because, you know, that's that's who he might vote for. But that doesn't mean that that's actually what the country wants or needs. So another take from McLean's, this one from the Ottawa Bureau Chief, Shannon Proudfoot. She similarly writes, not that anyone asked me, but I don't think the Tories should ditch O'Toole after this. Of course not, because again, the media, the legacy media, they like left-wing politicians. They want more choices of different left-wing politicians. So that is why they would want... Aaron O'Toole, and we had a reply from a podcaster here, this guy says, agreed, Harper grew on people, O'Toole could, gotta convince cities that the fringe of the party won't shape policies do that, and he's got a fighting chance. So by fringe of the party, he means the base. He means actual conservatives, people with conservative values who want a conservative party. So this guy is clearly an outsider because he doesn't understand the political culture of the conservative party, of the conservative movement. He says that the fringe of the party shouldn't shape policy. Who who exactly is the fringe? Because most conservatives want a conservative party. They want a, a leader that expresses their values. They want a focus on the fiscal issues. They don't want big government spending programs. They want a government that balances the budget. They want limited government. They want all of these things um, that weren't evident at all in Aeronode Tools platform. So the idea to, to this guy that it's the fringe that wants something. No, that's not true. That's, it's the base of the party who wants conservatism, which is why when Aaron O'Toole was running as leader of the party, he pretended to be true blue. He presented himself, he misrepresented himself as a real conservative running against a red Tory. And then as soon as he won and the election rolled around, he revealed that he was actually a red Tory as well, which is why so many people are so angry And it's not just these hot takes on Twitter. There were several articles that were written that similarly make the case for keeping Aaron O'Toole. This one appeared over in Global News. This was up on election day. And it says, O'Toole's election gamble, swinging Tories to the center. So this reporter goes out and interviews a couple of red Tories, people who didn't like the Conservatives, wouldn't have voted for the Conservatives, but just like the media believed, just like Aaron O'Toole's own strategy believed, uh, they were people who identify as red Tories or more centrist, more liberals, and they were won over and decided to go vote for Aaron O'Toole. So we heard from an individual in Nova Scotia that fits that description, and another one in St. Catharines, Ontario, basically saying the same thing. They like the idea of Aaron O'Toole sort of as a moderate, as a Winger, someone with a big government plan, and this is uh, just so unbelievable, so typical of the legacy media. So this is a line in the article. It's not a quote. It's not attributed to anyone. This is just the reporter who is not an opinion journalist, but a reporter basically just stating his opinion as fact in the piece. So it says O'Toole calls himself a true blue conservative, but in his leadership victory speech, he made a direct appeal to indigenous LGBTQ2 and racialized Canadians to see themselves reflected in his party. So the insinuation here is that if you are a true blue conservative, you can't also want to appeal to indigenous, gay, and racialized, which is just the left-wing buzzword for saying someone who is a minority, someone who is not white. So he says he's a true blue conservative, but then he also made an appeal to indigenous, gay, and and minority non-white Canadians. And somehow that's like a contradiction. So so the underlying message here that this reporter is sneaking into his piece as a fact is that if you are a true blue conservative, it means that you are are racist, uh, homophobic, and hateful. And so Aaron O'Toole is not those things. So he's like kind of what, pointing out a contradiction. It's just so unbelievable the way that legacy media journalists write about conservatives it's so offensive, so wrong. And next he picks up on this thing that Aaron O'Toole started doing the last week of the campaign. He writes... O'Toole has been saying this isn't your grandfather's Conservative Party while getting endorsement from the grandfather of Canadian conservatism, former Progressive Conservative Prime Minister Brian Mulroney. So the reporter loves to just throw that in to try to say like, gotcha, Aaron O'Toole, you're you're a contradiction here. You're saying this isn't your grandfather's Conservative Party while getting this endorsement from uh, Brian Mulroney. I'll admit it is kind of silly that Aaron O'Toole was saying this line, this isn't your grandfather's Conservative Party. We're not your dad's Conservative Party anymore. It reminds me of uh, Alison Redford, the Progressive Conservative Premier in Alberta, probably the most left-wing of all the Progressive Conservative leaders in Canada. Alison Redford's a leftist. She's straight-up leftist. She won the leadership of that party by courting all the uh, teachers' unions and pulling the teachers' unions uh, from the left, from the NDP, getting them to sign up as Progressive Conservative members and turning the party into a big left-wing party. Um, And she literally ran full page Uh, newspaper ads saying this exact line, this isn't your grandfather's Conservative Party. Uh, Back then with Alison Redford in, I think it was 2012, uh, the idea was the Conservatives are now a big left-wing party, and so I don't know exactly if that's what Aaron O'Toole was going for, but he used Alison Redford's uh, slogan and platform, and yeah, it was obviously a contradiction to get Brian Mulroney out campaigning, and to this reporter, no, Brian Mulroney is not the grandfather of Canadian Conservatism. That would be Sir John A. Macdonald, the Uh, founder of the country and the first conservative prime minister. So, uh, silly fact there, but anyway, this piece kind of goes on to uh, quote at length a conservative lobbyist from downtown Toronto that basically just says the same thing, that The Conservatives need to continue on this leftward path, that we need to keep Erin O'Toole, and that the party should remain a big government left-wing party. No surprise there. A final story that I want to point your attention to, and this one was getting a lot of attention on social media the day of the election, so I'm going to go through it uh, in a bit of detail. This was in the Toronto Star And so the headline here says, O'Toole's campaign chair says holding Trudeau to a minority would be a win for the Conservatives. So so here we have it, right? We're in the final hours of Canada's 44th election. This is Monday afternoon. The story goes online. Everyone's online. Everyone's kind of like waiting to see when the results are going in, seeing if there's any big news in the final hours before the polls close. And this story all of a sudden makes a huge splash all over social media. And this idea that Aaron O'Toole's campaign chairman an individual named Walid Solomon is telling the Toronto Star that even if the Conservatives lose, they'll consider it a win. This was just so embarrassing for the Conservatives, such a bad strategy, so disheartening. You know, the idea that in the final hours you should be trying to drum up your base, trying to get everyone excited, trying to push Conservative enthusiasm, trying to remind Conservative voters to go to the polls, give it everything you have, throw everything out to try to win this election. And here you have the guy who who's running the campaign saying, yeah, we're probably going to lose, but it's okay because we'll see that as a win. So they're obviously pre-positioning and trying to set the stage that Aaron O'Toole actually won this election and that we should keep him on as leader because, again, we're heading in this left-wing direction as a party. The media likes it. Let's just keep going. That's basically what the story says. It was so bad, so embarrassing for the Conservatives that the individual in question, the Wally Solomon had to actually walk it back. So he jumps on Twitter to do damage control. He writes, my comments in the star are being misrepresented. Unfortunately, let me be clear, this election is too close to call. We may not know the results for days, every vote will count. And this tweet has since been deleted. I'm not exactly sure why he deleted it, but the whole idea that he was doing damage control about his own tweet. Look, here is some advice to conservatives. The Toronto Star is not your friend. The Toronto Star is not the newspaper that conservatives read. It is the most left-wing newspaper in the country. Conservatives don't like the Toronto Star. The Toronto Star is never fair to conservatives. It is a far left paper, so much so that it is written into their editorial position Everything that is written in the Toronto Star is done with an eye on social justice and pushing the country further to the left. They openly state this. It's called the Atkinson's Principle, and it is the guiding principle of that newspaper. So perhaps maybe conservative strategists, conservative insiders, people running the the campaign running the war room shouldn't be running to the Toronto star with their leaks why not go to a newspaper where conservatives actually get their news why not go to a journalist that's actually friendly to conservatives that might actually vote conservative that likes conservatives instead they went to the Toronto star perhaps it seems like they say that they got burnt a little bit that the story was taken out of context but just the very idea that they were going to the star with this information on election day don't talk to the Toronto Star especially not on election day focus on getting out the votes so that was a huge mistake and if you look at the piece itself. I'll give you some quotes. It's just so cringeworthy. He says the victory comes in advancing the dialogue with Canadians. At the start of this race, nobody would have expected that we'd be in a knife fight in strongly held liberal ridings, And today we are. And we are very proud of Aaron O'Toole and the incredible campaign that has been run. As far as we're concerned, we've won by simply advancing the dialogue. And I think caucus members and candidates recognize that. Uh, such a bad take, no, no, it's not a victory to advance a dialogue with Canadians. You're pushing, the dialogue that you are having with Canadians is pushing the Conservative Party further left, apologizing for Conservatives, distancing yourself from Conservatives, and pledging to voters that you will not be Conservative. So that is not a productive dialogue in and of itself. And this whole idea that they were in a knife fight and strongly held Liberal ridings, uh, I don't think so. You lost all of the 905, you lost all of the uh, Lower Mainland, you lost all of Quebec. He didn't come close, so you don't get to come out and say all this. So much so, the Conservatives weren't in damage control, so this was sent out by someone from the Conservative War Room, sent out to people that sometimes speak to the media on behalf of Conservatives. It says, good afternoon, please be advised. You may be asked to comment on a story by Alex Boudelier in the Toronto Star. Please refer to the following key messages. After an incredible campaign from Aaron O'Toole, we're in an election too close to call every vote matters today. Whatever the outcome tonight, Canadians are clearly saying no to Trudeau's power grab and yes to change. So just the mere fact that they're out doing damage control rather than focusing on winning the election just shows you what a total mess it was over at Conservative HQ. So this whole exchange in the final hours of the campaign was a microcosm of the entire Conservative campaign, the entire strategy that went so wrong. Instead of trying to fire up the base, instead of trying to get conservatives excited instead of trying to win over Canadians. The conservative campaign and Aaron O'Toole's campaign was instead focused on trying to win over the legacy media. And now that the legacy media can safely say that Aaron O'Toole has lost the election, they can pretend that they like him too. After all, to the legacy media, Aaron O'Toole is the perfect conservative leader. He's non-threatening, He's proven that he cannot beat Justin Trudeau, and when it comes to his values, when it comes to his policy, he is a progressive. He says so himself. He's a liberal. He is on the left. That's exactly what the legacy media look for in a conservative leader. But if you're like me, and you want a conservative leader who unapologetically champions conservative ideas, then don't listen to the legacy media. I'm Candace Malcolm, and this is The Candace Malcolm Show.